0: Try not quick, to, yeah. I can do it.
1: With Mike Swig.
0: Real quick.
1: No, I'm not going through.
0: It. Yeah, it's on that. Swick a teen, swig, swig, swig a swig, swig, swig a swig swig swig
2: Alright, guys, we are back on another episode of the real quick with Mike Swig podcast. Episode number six. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And our fifth week that's crazy so yeah we're uh we're knocking him out man we're knocking him out and we're gonna get through this intro really fast guys don't worry um we got a big guest today and he is getting ready for work he works for the ufc he's, he's a fox analyst give you a little hint of who we have today it's gonna be in the fucking title just tell him who I'm it is just i'm trying to build it up a little bit buddy we have daniel cormier ah. as our guest today and he's a teammate of mine and you know we've trained together for many years and he's a champion or was and now it's in speculation with the new recent fantas uh, I'm pretty sure he likes me actually yeah, yeah he's always neat. he's always shown uh, show me a lot of love yeah in person. He sure has yeah and he's a great guy so this is this is actually one of the podcasts that I've been looking forward to the most and I've been wanting to get him on this podcast we just started this five weeks ago so getting him he was on vacation in Hawaii and we were just ready to go gung-ho on these things so we just started knocking them mm-hmm. out and so this is the first time we've been able to actually get a hold of them and and, and get a time that we can actually and good lock timing him. with all that news with john jones yeah. and piss and all that stuff so. so we're going to talk about all that today um the, the new jones test and how he felt and and we're going to cover everything his trip to hawaii uh maybe break down a couple more fights and uh we're going to tell some old stories of the good old aka headquarters days yeah of uh from the time when he came to AK till now which Did he get is there in '09, incredible i mean i don't even know exactly when he came but i remember all the stories and we're going to go over a few of those but man what a ride he's had and uh from the olympics to ufc yeah. stardom and being the champion it's incredible man i'm so i'm it's so impressive proud impressive career him. yeah impressive it, guy overall just
0: great guy so
2: yeah, and and you know one thing I'll say about Daniel is he never forgets where he came from, and, and he's always given us so much respect. The guys that were on the team before he got there, we should do a shot every time he says Louisiana. I think he's going to bring it up. You think so? Yeah. But yeah, and so as he's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and passed all of us up, the original guys obviously, he's never forgotten that respect. You know, and and he's always showing it back to us, and and and, and that's just one quality about him. It's just amazing. You know, he yeah. he he's always showing respect to everybody that's part of the team, you know, whether he passes him up and becomes a superstar. I mean, he's never become this, like this, this diva or this superstar yeah. that like is an his asshole. Own, yeah. He's never become an asshole, you know, and and he's great. Good family guy too. So. Yeah. So what we'll do, like I said, we're going to get this really fast guy so we can get on with, uh, with Daniel. Uh, we want to go ahead and do our comment. Who's going to win the free training at AK Thailand. And we had some great comments, some great feedback, 2000 views in the last couple of days on yeah. youtube alone for the mickey rourke uh yeah. podcast
0: 49 comments is that how many yeah 31? i don't know and the thing hmm. is
2: is it was great to have mickey Rourke, man you yeah. know we were his very first podcast and that was awesome you know i know he's he's uh an older generation he's an og from hollywood but how incredible was it to have someone like him someone that's yeah in a set that was friends with tupac and and if you haven't seen that episode please go back and watch episode number five because I mean, Mickey Rourke, he-, he He's hilarious, too. He has zero filter. He tells us some great stories. I think some of these stories he's, he's mentioned, or he mentioned in that podcast, had never been told before. Yeah. You know, the Tupac story, especially the Don Periolo bottle over the ruin, head. Don't ruin it for everybody. I'm just saying, there's some yeah, cool stories They gotta in watch. There. The John Gotti, you know, situation. The, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The true Yikes. story we, we broke. I don't know if it's even out there, because there's a lot of stuff we found on TMZ before we interviewed him, uh, about how he hates Donald Trump or is not a fan of Donald Trump and he would allude to it being a personal issue and not a political issue and but it would never they would never go into details of why we actually got the full scoop of why he personally doesn't like Donald Trump we because get, of a uh, hotel incident that happened when he was filming the movie Bullet with Tupac so that whole entire story is on episode uh we should get we should get Donald Trump on the podcast. See what he thinks about it. Yeah, we'd have to go through Twitter. I think nobody said he no. Only to Only tweets. Yet. Donald mm-
0: Trump only tweets. But buddy, you got to admit nobody said well obviously no to you. I don't know any of these people, but nobody said no to you yet on the podcast. So
2: yeah, it's uh, we're we're lucky and yeah. we, and we've been able to get some really good guests and we some of the hunts. ones you get lined up coming up soon too. It's, yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're going to the moon with this thing. We got we had a hunt. We had Hardy. We had Rourke. Today, we have Daniel. Daniel Cormier, man. And we got some big ones lined up, so it's going to be good. But getting back to this comment, guys, I know you want to get to our guest. Um, so I picked this time, and I went with... I'm going to have to just say the initials because I can't pronounce it as a word, but it's TSHN1971, Ooh. and he's from Sweden. And he left a comment saying, Firstly, I hope all is good with your families in Texas, okay? Ah. You want us over with that comment because as we said in the broadcast before, we're Houston boys. We're, you know, we got hit by the hurricane and it's still, it's still a huge issue right now. So please do your research. Donate to the um, charities that you feel confident is going to do the most for, for Houston. I'm not going to try to tell you which charities to, to donate to, but uh, definitely help out, guys. Definitely, please. They're going through a lot right now. Your family's going through a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit north, but I have friends and families that, that, that are dealing with it as well. Um, anyway, his comment was, First day I hope all is good with your families in Texas. Another great episode and a perfect way to start Saturday morning here in Sweden. What a great comment that yeah. is. And he started a Saturday morning with our podcast. Um, uh, one thought about the choke out of Mark. What if Mark has some kind of superhuman skills and reverses Mike and chokes him out instead? smiley face i don't know why that gets a smiley face because he's right yeah but nobody wants to see me get choked out i mean that's how you watch one of my ufcs i mean i got choked yeah, out by i guess by you could watch the paulo tiago paulo so Yeah. going to fight pass and see that that was fun well he's obviously and you know and intelligent individual <laughs> and he ended with uh but do i need superhuman strength to beat your ass that he was right about So I will give you credit on that. when he was 100% accurate. You would need superhuman, not subhuman, which is what I consider your kind of level. Um, Wow. And he ended with great, or continued the great work. So apparently he thinks we're doing great work. And as long as there's people out there that think we're doing great work and and are enjoying our podcast. We keep doing them. We're going to keep doing them. And and I'm sorry that we're having to bring on such big guests in the beginning and and throughout our podcast, but that's what we're going to do because uh, we strive to be the best at whatever we do. There's going to be a time where it's just me and you. So... And please support that because this is going to definitely be that time. That's so we, gonna we promise. We're going to say some interesting shit, and like, it's going to be worth it. Some good stories, like I yeah. said, twenty one years of friendship. I know, <laughs> I know some quality things about you. I know, and I know you're waiting to tell it. Uh, um, so T S H N nineteen seventy one hit us up through Facebook on uh, the A K Thailand, yeah, A K Thailand Facebook, yeah. and then prove that you are you either with a screenshot of your uh, YouTube,
0: uh, Well, oh, I'll see. I'll see. Cause I answer those. So I'll see that he's from Sweden. So unless some random
2: guy is going to pretend to be this guy from Sweden. could happen. But I mean, if you send a screenshot of, of, of your control panel of your YouTube, that has your name, whatever, anything yeah. like that, we'll give you a free training session to AK Thailand and they are transferable. So even if you're not coming, you can transfer to somebody else. Um, you know, we've, we've got two female pro fighters from Sweden. Yeah. 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 So
0: I mean he's more than welcome to come. Yep. So Or it's a it could be a woman.
2: I mean, I'm No, the well the Avatar it's a guy. Oh, so it's an, oh, okay. that's pretty much why I said he. Well I don't fucking no. I don't know what an avatar you read is. I've never seen the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Blue People with Tails or some shit. Something like that. I'm not watching that garbage.
2: All right, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get uh right into our guests. And so let's uh bring on Daniel Cormier. All right, I want to welcome Daniel Cormier. Welcome to the podcast, buddy.
1: What's up, man? Thank well, you guys for having me. No I problem. love that. I love the setup you guys got going over there.
2: Thanks, man. Thank you. Like a lion? The lion.
1: I'm a bit jealous of you, Mike. I mean, this whole Thailand thing's worked out, and, and you seem to be living in paradise.
2: It's cool, man. It's cool. But, hey, I, on that note, do you remember me coming back and forth to Thailand for so long, and then I would come back and then have no results, no nothing, and everybody thought I was screwing around?
1: What, it, what we it, didn't. We didn't. Well, it's like you just didn't know. Like, it, it was like, okay, so what's Swick doing over there? You know, Dutch part, maybe like some drug cartel or something. You know, you're over there going, <laughs> acting like you're working, come back. And But then it was like, well, you were, you were, you were, you were, if you came back and you were wearing like, if you were dressing like Conor McGregor, you'd have been like the El Chapo of Thailand. But you were actually going over there and spending money, you know? So I'm like, dang, Swick must be doing something. And then you started building the building. and then was like i'm going out to aka thailand and i'm like wait there's an aka thailand he's like yes dude he's like Swick finally got it done and then we saw the pictures and i was like wow this is amazing it's like nobody we really we really didn't know and honestly it was just like man swick is lucky because mary's always been so understanding and just so yeah so supportive you're lucky man you're a lucky guy
2: i was wondering because i kept kept getting mixed like answers from everybody because like bob cook was always like so what's the update, man? You know, how's the gym going? And and send me some pictures. And then I had nothing, man. Because like for, for three years, I, I was just failing and stumbling and like not building anything. And, it, you know, so it was a long process. And, you know, I felt bad because I was coming into, you know, I paid my dues in the early days of AK. But then I wasn't paying my dues at the end. So when you and Kane and all these guys were coming up, I felt so bad because I was coming in for fight camps. And then after my fight, I would just bail out and and go to thailand so i felt bad you know and then i know all you guys were like wondering what i was doing and i had no updates so it felt good to get the gym actually built and then like show you guys and be like Mm -hmm. okay look this is what i've been doing man this is this is what it is so
1: it's great it's it's great no and you know the thing was though man like when you were heading back out to thailand after camps is like we all understood because you had a bigger vision for what you were trying to do and you were in the beginning you were there you know so it was like more than anything, I think you and Josh and, and, and Fitch and even guys like, like that that weren't successful to the level of you guys, like Kyle Kingsbury and Mike Kyle, I think what you guys did, you guys showed us like the stability and how to train. And I think as the career progressed, you took those lessons learned and applied them to yourself. And that's why we've accomplished the things that we've accomplished. There was no AKA gym without everything that you guys did, man, and... You really did build the foundation. You know, they say AK MMA started with uh uh I can't remember the guy's name. Started way back in the day, uh
2: Brian Johnson the black guy. Oh huh? With Brian Johnson or
1: with Brian Johnson. They say and, and Frank Shamrock hey, we have a team in the gym that says AKA MMA started with Brian Johnson and it did. In theory. When the, the American the Kickboxing aspect, Academy yeah. came the American Kickboxing Academy was with Frank Shamrock and right. then with you and and Josh and and Fitch and those guys you guys were running through that you guys were running through the UFC like 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 nobody had ever seen man so we're very grateful for uh what you guys have done
2: man I appreciate you saying that and uh, I got Mark That's here cool. in the podcast you may remember him you actually helped him out at my fight brought him into the the Fox booth I think when he was he, he was really grateful for that so yeah, 189
1: yeah, I appreciate it. How you doing? Oh,
2: outstanding, man. Thanks for coming on. I
0: appreciate that. Kind of means a little bit that you actually remember me. Makes me feel good.
1: <laughs> and
2: I appreciate you saying that, man. You know, and, it, and and coming from that to like watching you come up, man, you're one of my biggest, I'd say inspirations, even though like it's post-career for me, but like, you know, you're such a good role model and ambassador to the sport, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know the real you like I know you. And so... You know what you've been through and what you what you go through for these fights and and all that. It it, you know a lot of people don't see even even though you're a Fox analyst, you're on TV and you're doing your own podcast with Talking Talker and everything. A lot of people still don't see who you really are, man. And you're a great guy. And so you know I I love spreading that and telling people that. So I'm very excited to have you on the show and and be a part of this podcast.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
2: And and getting into that. So you just were in uh, Hawaii with your family. How was that?
1: Yeah. It was great. We uh, we went to Disney at There's like this. Uh, it's like a it's like a Disney hotel. They've got like uh, four swimming pools. They've got a beach. They've got a few slides. It's it's it's. Uh, we've done it for the last three years now. So it's me and my wife and our kids, her sister, and her kid with her with her boyfriend, who's my business partner in my barbershops in Los Angeles, my cousin and his girlfriend. And another one of my cousins with their daughter, uh, who's the same age as my daughter. So we go 12, 13 people down to Hawaii every year, man. And and, uh, it's a fantastic time because the hotel has the hotel actually has babysitting and it's included in the price that you pay to stay there. So it's like the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) You know, the kids go play, they dance and we go and uh, have a few Mai Tais. Which is disgusting. Do you guys drink mai tais in Thailand, too? No, they're gross.
2: No, but, but I, heard you real, I heard you were into that loco moco. So tell me about that because I heard you were deep into that loco moco, listening to Talking Talker.
1: <laughs> That's my shit, man. It's it is a mount in Hawaii. The greatest thing of Hawaii is it's always rice. I love rice. So for breakfast, it's like a, a big old. It's like this much rice. Yeah. On top of the rice. Is a freaking hamburger patty that's like this thick. On top of that is an egg, a, a, a egg on top of the hamburger patty. And to top it off, they just smother it in brown gravy. So when you pop the egg and all the yolk <laughs> is spreading over the top of the hamburger patty on the rice, let me tell you something, man. They ain't got a beach in Thailand. They ain't got a beach in Thailand. That could make me feel better than sitting down to a big old bowl of Locomoco.
2: <laughs> yeah, I heard, man. Jeez. So you put some weight on them.
1: I did. It does. Hey, it's TMZ got me. I was like, God damn, TMZ, you could probably. Look, if they would have said, DC, we could get some pictures. We're not going to pay you. We're just going to sell them. At least I could have gave them a good angle. You know what I mean? They were hitting me from the side, looking bad. <laughs> at one point, it's like I had a wedgie. It's like I had a fucking wedgie. Come on, man.
2: Hey, at least you're at that <laughs> status, man. TMZ is chasing you down.
1: It was amazing that they actually did that, like generally we'll do it and TMZ will be around, but I think the UFC kind of lets them know where we are. Yeah. This time I was really out with my family and, and somebody was taking pictures and I, I had no idea. Let me give you the Kardashian. You know, I give you like side profile, you know, make myself look a little bit slimmer. <laughs> do I look sports? Is he like this? I give you like half of my body. Maybe I look a little bit slimmer.
2: That's funny, man. So I a couple <laughs> couple of stories I want to go in those back back from the old days. So do you remember? Do you remember when you first came to AKA, and and you know what I'm probably going with this, but you came to AKA I... and you you had a hard session and you were training. I, I talked about this in an earlier podcast about how you became like like my biggest inspiration. I was a fan for life after this, but you trained so hard. And you had a fight coming up, and Bob Cook was getting you ready for this fight. And it was a short notice fight, and you trained so hard. Uh, that you had to go to the hospital that night, and we all went to Nickelback, and you were supposed to join us, and you couldn't make it because you were in the hospital. Well, you made it later, but you had to go to the hospital, and you drove yourself to pure exhaustion from just a training session—not a—not a fight for 500 bucks or 10,000 bucks or a million bucks, but just from training alone, you put yourself in the hospital, and you ended up—and and that was the first time I argued with Bob Cook against you taking a fight, and I and I went back and forth with Bob, I'm like Bob, he's not ready, he's not in shape don't let him take this fight. And Bob's like, he's an Olympic athlete. Let, let him do it. He's going to win. And you won, you did it. And man, I've been a fan ever since. So, I mean, do you remember that?
1: I do. I remember being out of shape. You know, when I, when I came to AK, I was 263 pounds. So I was really pushing that heavyweight (laughs) limit, you know, still 5'10", you know, but I was 263. (laughs) I was pushing the limit, y'all. You know, you got Bigfoot cutting weight to get 265 and I was, about, I was up there with Bigfoot and Roy Nelson, those guys. And I was cutting to make 260, 265. But uh, I was sparring, and I was trying to train as I did in wrestling. But I was out of shape. So, yeah, I, I fell on the ground, and I had to go to the hospital. I had to get an IV. And Swick told Bob, he goes, this dude is not ready. He goes, Bob, <laughs> seriously, this guy is not ready. He's like... This guy's fucking rolling underneath the rope and shit. Like I didn't even get out of the ring. I just kind of fell on the ground and just like rolled underneath. And that was back <laughs> at the old AKA they had a, just a ring. Uh Bob took me to Dr. He took me to Dr. Bob. I got my IV. My stomach was sticking up all this high off the ground. Yeah. And uh I did go to Nickelback and I was like, wow, this is the great I saw you and Koscheck walking around and people noticed you. And I was like, wow. This is the most amazing thing. I had never been around celebrity. You know, so yeah. people asking Swick and Koscheck for pictures. I was like, what the – what's going on? And, uh, yeah. And then I went and fought. And after I fought, Mike goes, Bobby, you're right. He goes, this dude's a gamer. He's like, this dude's actually a gamer. And uh, he never said – he never – Swick never said, well, I don't think this dude should fight again. So never. I do remember that exact story, man. I remember – I remember it. You know, another one that I just was thinking about when I was supposed to do the podcast was it's so odd how in San Jose, we see each other at the gym every day.
2: Oh, I know you're going.
1: But the city's big. So you don't generally see each other outside of the gym very much. And Mike Swick, this guy lives in Thailand, essentially. One day I'm at the mall with my family. And there's Swick and his family just sitting there in the food court. And I was like, it, it blew my mind to see him marrying the kids and me be there with my children and my wife to just see each other in public i was like i saw you in thailand on instagram just yesterday i was i was hiding that i was home
2: i was hiding that i was home because i was like it was like a sneaky trip home but but (laughs) i know you see me the hardest time because i never i never went to like events with you guys because you were saying how like you would keep track with how many like public outings i would miss because the team would go out and do events and do like baseball games and like, and I never went to any of them, and so you used to always give me the hardest time. So that was, that was probably Swick. one of the few times we we definitely we hung out. Well, we've hung out many times outside the gym, but that was one of the few times that we just coincidentally caught each other at the mall that time. But it
1: never happened. To, it's the most surprising thing to me that we don't run into people more often. Yeah. Like I. I I've been here now since 2009, and I don't think I've ever seen John Fitch around San Jose. Just- right, right, right. And I right. imagine if I did see Fitch walking around San Jose, I probably would think it was some homeless guy. Fitch living in his own world, <laughs> just kind of walking around, not talking his shit, being all weird. <laughs>
2: That's funny, man. I, I want to ask you about something else, too, and another story, because we can do this because we're teammates and stuff. So Yep there was this time and and you may not remember this i hope you do but there was a time that it was a locker room story we were at ak headquarters and in the locker room you were in strike force and you were running around and i think you were telling bob but you were so excited because you had i believe forty thousand dollars in the bank it was 30 or it was 40 and you were you were running around in your towel and you were so excited You are like bob cook i got forty thousand dollars in the bank you were just so excited about that money and i remember thinking to myself you're going to have so much more money than that one. You're you even going to think about that. Now, let me fast forward real fast. So, now I'm listening to and Talker, which is an amazing podcast that you, and uh, I want to say this correct, but Nick Swimmern, correct? Yep. Y'all yep. do. It's an amazing podcast. And I just heard in the latest podcast that you now have a check for $1 million a month old just sitting in your safe that you haven't even taken to the bank yet. Is it right behind you? So, so how crazy is bank. it to go from from being excited about forty thousand dollars in the bank when you were coming up to now having a check for a million dollars just sitting in your safe? You ain't even taking it to the bank yet.
1: I uh, I still get excited for any money. See, so I think that's what makes that's <laughs> what ensures that I'm never going to be broke. Is that yeah. I'm, I still get really excited for little money. So Dwayne and Bob will have appearances, you know, and they'll be like. Well, are you even gonna do it for this amount of money? And I'm like, Hell yeah, I'm gonna do it. And they're like, But it's really low. And like, I'm like, Man, it's money. You know, like I don't, I don't turn down any money. But you know, it was forty grand. It was when I fought Jeff Munson. So you remember the, first the story? Time I Made forty thousand dollars, and I was so happy.
2: So you remember the story? Then you remember what I was... I do, okay. I do. I
1: was running around going, Man, I just deposited forty grand, and I was like, Because I'm a wrestler, you know, I'm an old wrestler. Man, I used to go win tournaments and. They'll give me a $3,000 check. The biggest, the most money I ever made was, I got fourth in the Olympics and I got 50 grand over the course of a year. That was the most I'd ever made. So to make $40,000 in 15 minutes was, it was absurd. Now, in regards to the check. So here, there's a story to these UFC 214 checks, right? So everything that I have gotten from that fight, I haven't deposited because I feel like when I do, everything's final right. in regards to that fight. That's the end of my title ring. That's the end of the fight. That's the end of the rivalry with John Jones. Right. That's just it's so much finality to depositing all this money and being completely done with that part of my career when it's consumed so much of it that I just haven't been able to do it yet. You know, and reality is if uh, I'm gonna do it at some point. You know, there's not, it's 90 days. I hope so. If not, just send that check to
2: me. (laughs) We'll cash it. What's that? I hope so. If not, just send that check to me. We'll cash it. (laughs) We'll we'll give you like a, we'll give you like a Daniel Cormier section of the gym. It'd be all yours. (laughs) Your accommodations, a gym, whatever, training facilities. Yeah. You better cash (laughs) that check, man.
1: (laughs) You have 90 days and, and just like, you know, man, like I put a lot into this. So for to be completely done with that whole part of my career and that story, uh, would be, it's a big deal to me. So I'm just not mentally uh, there yeah, yet. Right. You know? that so that's sense. why I haven't deposited my UFC 214 checks. Because I still got my sponsorship, you know, Reebok stuff, And I've got a few things that I need to. I just haven't done because of the finality it would bring to uh, everything that surrounds uh, UFC 214.
2: Right, right. And now, I mean, just recently, you know, a couple days ago, uh, John Jones tested negative in a blood test, and the big the big uh, misconfusion uh, that people are still having is that it, it's the same test he took prior, which was post-weigh-ins. Uh, now, the post weigh test was a urine test, which tested for T-ball, and then the blood test didn't, so... Ideally, the the test for the the blood that he took post uh, fight and passed is irrelevant. I mean, if if that B sample comes back from the post weigh in test, he's in just as much trouble. I mean, because the blood test didn't yeah. test for T ball. That's what he tested for before the fight, so he had it in his system no matter what.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it. And I've said this time and time again, you know, I don't I don't think the guy ever needed to do anything like that. And again, you know, he's entitled to his due process. But the reality of it is, it's like. A lot of great athletes passed a lot of tests, but it's not about the ones that you pass. You just can't fail any. You know, you can pass 100 of them.
2: Right. You
1: can't fail one. Right. You know, you don't – they're just not – it does not work like that. So we'll see what happens at the end of this, you know, when this B-sample comes back and see what's really going on. But you can pass 100 drug tests, but you can't fail any, you know. So I kind of wish – I kinda wish all this stuff wasn't happening right now, you know, because I had just gotten kinda gotten to the point where I was uh I was uh starting to get over UFC two fourteen and John had been a gentleman in the the, the the at the end of the fight, so I was starting to kinda get over everything and then now we're right back in the middle of it and look, uh it's gonna be it's dangerous. You know, this is a very scary situation because Usada is Usada is at the head of drug testing in all sports, and if there was any question, you know, they probably wouldn't have made those results uh, public. Right. I don't think for an organization like that, they would not have just gone on the limb and said maybe he tested positive or something. So it would have been in there, and he's just got to be hopeful that in that B sample, there is no uh no uh no trace of that 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 steroid or whatever it is. I don't mean, but it's the same piss, Mike. You take you they just take, take out, it and divide it into two, cup, two, two they containers, put it between two cups, yeah, and then they send it off to the lab. You know, so
2: I mean, they would have had to put the T ball into it somehow in the testing process, which makes no sense. Was that? I mean, to, for it to be, uh, you know, now all of a sudden coming back negative, they would have had to somehow put T ball into that during the testing process because I mean, it, like you, you said, it,
1: where, do you, where do you get that? t Ball, whatever that is, where do you get tyranoball, it? I mean, where do
2: you get it? It's just like the street name or whatever. It's easy for me to say because I, I don't know how to say the proper t-ball or ball. whatever it is, so I just say sure. T Balls. I, but, like, like, like Chel said too, because in, in his podcast, that uh, you know, that's used, it's expensive, it's hard to get, and it's used in stacks, so obviously, there might be more things to it than that, but um. The T ball is easier to say, and I, <laughs> I'm just keeping it simple. Yeah. But the point is, they nope, they, they separate the piss into two containers, so it's the same exact piss. So unless yeah. unless they put that T ball in that first sample, it's not like it's not going to be in the second sample. You would think, you know.
1: Well, the, the uh, honestly, and again, man, I'm trying to be very careful with how I say these yeah, things, absolutely. but the likelihood of it being different is very low. Yeah, and uh, it has happened before. It has happened before. Thing is though it's happened with stuff that our bodies create right. naturally yeah. you know so if a person gets caught with like a, a growth hormone or something or our bodies produce hormone on their own maybe the level was raised a little bit higher from using synthetic or whatever you however you call it so it was like on the border and when the B sample came back it didn't have as much or as high a level But the body creates that. The body doesn't really create uh, t-ball, or it doesn't really like make that naturally. So that's that really is a uh, substance that's not found in us normally, you know. So it's going to be very difficult to come back different. If it does, then oh well, you know. Oh well, good for him. It's not, you know. Oh well, it doesn't do anything for me, you know. But oh well, if it comes back negative. But if it does come back negative, you just gotta hope that he uh, he's way more careful as he goes forward in his career. Yeah,
2: there's two things I wanted to mention, too. So you've mentioned that, that you heard from Danny when you were with your family about this whole drug test uh, failure again. Now, you, you talk about how sad you were, how sick you were, how upset you were. Uh, coming from personal experience where, you know, I'd fought a guy and, and lost and, like, you know, the only thing that could have made the loss better would be if something happened that he did pop for steroids. Cause then I could at least know, okay, he cheated. And at least he beat me cheating. Was there any part of you that was relieved at the fact that he popped where, where you could at least say, okay, I lost the fight. That's the worst thing that could happen at that point. But now he popped for steroids. So now that, that kind of makes that loss a little bit less damaging i would think to you i mean was there any relief at all or was it just pure because of the whole thing you were you were just upset about it and sick and, and going through this whole thing again
1: i'm just like i'm just like for me it's like i'm a different type of guy man like i don't really look for any type of like uh i don't look for any positives and losses you know people tell me stuff like oh it was a great fight it was a close fight you were winning in the fight or you were super close in the fight doesn't matter. I lost the fight. But if you know, he cheated, so, if he cheated to beat you, I mean, that, that says something, yeah, right? It's it's different. You know, the, the most upsetting thing I think is when I think about it, if I was thinking to myself, and I think what made me truly sick was that I'm 38 years old. Right. I get up every morning, and I work so hard. I get up at 7 a.m., and I train, and I sleep, and I go, and I train from 12 to 2, and then I rest. And I go again, and I train at 7 at night, and I just do this all week. And every morning the next day, I barely get out of bed. I got to walk down my stairs sideways, but I got to make sure that at 38, I got to be able to work hard enough to uh, compete with these guys. And I'm like, man, why would a 30-year-old guy who has all the physical advantages uh, feel he has to do something like that to not 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 make it level? That, that, that was probably what made me – Super upset just hearing that because, you know, our history, you know, what happened last year at UFC 200 and then for this to happen again and then to lose the fight and to just be getting over it, it was just a snowball of shit, you know, and it was like, God dang, man, when I can't catch a break in regards to this rivalry. And uh, so not only has, has, has shit like that come out where he failed the drug test at UFC 200 and failed the drug test now and, Failed for cocaine the first time we fought. Yeah. It's like I still lose the damn fights. So there's like no comfort for me. It's like this guy's doing all this shit but still winning and still beating me. And it's like, so like that's probably what uh, disappointed me the most um, on in the whole situation. I mean, you got to look at it like
2: this though too. I mean, he could be considered the, the best, greatest talent pound for pound in the world, whatever. But the fact that you've done what you've done naturally and clean and and never felled, I mean, that sets the example for, for kids and for up and coming fighters. Cause over here in Thailand, man, we get a lot of these, uh, you know, fighters that come in from this part of the world and, and it's just a normal thing. they think that you should take steroids and they come in and they ask Mark, you know, they asked me, Hey, where can I get steroids? I know you can get them in Thailand and they're at the pharmacies. Like they think it's normal to take steroids. So for me, and being an advocate against steroids and like someone like you, you're leading the charge on showing people that you, you know, I know it's tough for you and it was hard to recover, but you made it to the top. You know, I didn't make it to the top, but you made it to the top and you did it clean. And that that is more commendable than I think almost anything. I mean, I mean, that's setting the example for the people who are coming up so they don't ruin their lives and ruin their bodies and end up in situations like this.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's just, but it's the only way I've ever known. You know, yeah. I went from Oklahoma State to the U.S. national team and I was under the rules of USADA back from 2001 all the way to the end of 2009. So the only years that I've ever not been monitored by USADA was between nine and 14 or something when the UFC did the deal with USADA. So it's the only way I've ever known, you know, so uh, for me, it's like that's just normal. It's normal to not cheat. I mean, just fight to the best of your ability you know your god given talents will carry you as far as you're supposed to go if you're supposed to be the man you'll be the man if you're if you're supposed to be close you'll be close but your talents will carry you to that and then at night you go to bed and you know i did it the right way but it's just dangerous man because not only do you not only do you mess with your opponent and 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 compete unfairly but you, you really run the risk of, of having some long-term health damage to yourself. I mean, if you have a family, uh, you want to try to be here for your kids as they grow old. Uh, by, by putting all these uh, these drugs into your body, uh, you run the risk. That's why you see so many of those professional wrestlers just kicking the bucket so early. Heart attacks at 40 and 41 years old. It's a hard life, man, to be doing that type of stuff. Okay, so
2: after this new test failure... Like what are we looking at? Like like what is what what, what is John Jones potentially facing and, and what's gonna happen if he if this B sample comes back with you and the belt and the, the fight? What is what, what what's gonna happen? Yeah, do you get the belt back?
1: Well so when I talked to Dana, he said uh exactly what he said to the media. He goes, DC's only lost to Jones his entire career. Uh if he's not the champion, uh Jones, meaning who else is if he fought Daniel and was doing dirty things and won the belt from him? So I imagine I would get the belt back and then I would have to fight somebody else. You know, what I mean, uh, in terms of punishments, I think these punishments are uh, are going to be very severe. I think uh, the max is four year suspension for a second offense. I tend to believe he will be somewhere in the middle. I don't think that they would suspend him for four years.
2: Yeah, but why not? I think if
1: it does come back positive. Was that Mike? I'm sorry. I'm just saying,
2: why why would they not suspend him the maximum amount of times? I mean, you're talking, you saw this coming in to sit there and set an example and and to show that they're doing things right. And this is a guy that's popped three times, not counting the other things that he's done. Um, You know, why would they not give someone like him the maximum suspension if nothing else, just just to set the example i mean who who's go, who's gonna get the maximum if it's not going to be someone that's already popped three times
1: I think that I think they wouldn't do it because I mean ultimately it would essentially be a death sentence, you know four years away it's a long time you know so I think it would be a death sentence, you know so I think it would fall somewhere in the middle because. He's got a John's got a good team and a smart team of lawyers and and managers and uh, they they will raise if it and again if it does come back clean uh, b comes back dirty all you really have to do is raise doubt you know and they're they're a good team and they will probably raise some doubt uh, even that test that 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 news report on Friday it raised doubt right so it raised doubt like how could he pass this test the next day when you're telling me he was dirty for something on this day. Right. It just raises doubt. Um, when you're getting someone off as a defense attorney, all you got to do is, is make the jury believe that there's a chance that you may not have done whatever you're accused of doing. So you raise doubt. You make people question what can be reality. And uh, if, 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 if they are successful in raising doubt, then I feel he'd probably fall somewhere in the middle. Two years, uh, like that. If he did get four years, I'd be very surprised.
2: Another thing I don't understand, though, is like, especially at the level he's at with you and what was on the line for this, when I came back and fought my last fight, UFC 189, that was the very first time USADA came on board. And and, and that was the first show that they started this huge USADA uh, crackdown. And, And they made us very aware that not only are they doing strict drug testing, but that there were a lot of supplements and other things that we have to be careful of, and I was so. Par- and I'm not like a champion level. It was just a fight, just so I can have that one last fight and train out of my gym. But still, I was so paranoid about supplements and about everything else. I only used Muscle Farm protein because it had the UFC emblem on it, and I did my whole fight camp literally only using that. I didn't take a single thing that was even questionable through my fight camp. So I can't wrap my hand or, or sorry, I can't wrap my head around why john jones would even take something questionable you know the, the time before last he said that it was a tainted uh, generic cialis pill or whatever and now they're saying that this is possibly another tainted uh, some other type of thing it's just it's mind-boggling to me that somebody at that level with all this on the line would even take any supplements or any anything that would possibly and it's not that he's old you know he's not as old as you or, or me or I mean he's still young and and his prime so I can't wrap my head around why he would take anything other than just pure protein, pure amino acids and just train hard.
1: That's a, that's a a million dollar question. You know what? With, with so much at stake, how can you be careless? I guess that's probably the best way to phrase it. You know, like, you know, how much is at stake? You know, how can you be careless? You know? So, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, Mike. I mean, Honestly, man, more than more than you would even know, uh, I wonder why. And again, that's the only thing that upsets me. That, that really upsets me. You know, I I know how hard I work to try to compete with these young guys. It's just unfortunate that if proven guilty, a guy, like you said, in his prime, young, all the physical advantages would feel he needed to do uh, something that wasn't completely on the up and up.
2: Right.
1: Yeah.
0: I was going to ask you. Okay, so I personally feel like like I cry when I hear the national anthem at the Olympics. You you were team captain on there, correct? Is yes. Is that a bigger honor, or what was? How, how do I say? It? I guess was it more of an accomplishment for you or winning the the UFC title? Like what what would? I mean, how do, I
2: mean, like the, competing in the UFC compared to the Olympics. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I win
0: in the UFC. I get is ridiculous, but you know. I just I couldn't imagine competing in the Olympics. That just got to be the the biggest thrill. It had to be top five in your life, I would guess.
1: Oh, one hundred percent. It's uh, it's winning the UFC title and also just being on the Olympic team, walking out to the mats, my very first match in two thousand four, uh, walking in the opening ceremonies is still one of the greatest emotions I've ever had. Like I just felt full, you know, like my entire body. I felt like my whole body was just on fire. Ah, uh, the whole time when I walked into the opening ceremonies, and then, then, then actually walking to the mat with the with the United States of America on my singlet, and being one of seven guys in the entire country to have to go and represent our country, uh, wrestling the world was was truly an amazing honor. And uh, I never thought for the longest time that any anything could top it. But when they put that belt on me, um, it was pretty close, man. They are <laughs> neck and neck. Bet, the yeah. greatest accomplishment. I've ever had. They're neck and neck, though. Because making the Olympic team, was, it Made it took a lot of pride. And I took a lot of pride in being a guy to represent our country. Uh, winning the UFC title was a lot of pride, but it was also a lot of money. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> so yes. it kind of went in. <laughs> that it, probably helps, it, too. It, it, it kind of added a second level to the happiness that I felt from being successful.
2: That's awesome. And right. you did and you did both. So I mean that how many people can say that, you know?
1: It's crazy, man. I've I've had a long ride. You know, I talked to one of my high school coaches yesterday, and uh I just remember a whole bunch of stories about people saying how he was too hard and he didn't care about us and he would not give us our just due. But I told him, I said, you know, because of you being so hard is why I am who I am today. Right. Because you showed me that I didn't need to be in Lafayette, I needed to fight to get out of there and, and just be a better person, hard working man and know that nothing was a given. And uh, I feel like from a very young age, I've been truly blessed and i have gone to the right place, coming to the right contact with the right people. And now I am who I am and I'm lucky.
2: What What's next for you considering uh, the outcome of this result? I mean, like obviously, say, we're just going to have to assume, I'm not saying it's going to happen, we're going to have to assume that that test might come back, uh, failed again, and then he's out for however long. What's next for you? I mean, how, are you looking to continue on and defend your belt and, and keep going? Or like, like, what, what's in your mind right now?
1: It'll probably be, I mean, I'm wrestling. I'm, you know, I fought in April, I fought in July. So um, the earliest I would be back to fight would be late January, early February would be the earliest that I would be back to fight. So um I'm going to chill for a little bit, you know, and then do yeah. my TV and I'm call, I'm doing the color commentary on UFC 215 this weekend, doing UFC 216. I uh, got some other shows where I'm doing the color commentary, so I'm just going to do that for a little bit. i um, wait for these results and his his uh his appeal and everything to go through and then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh we will go forward after all that stuff is done. Um so uh once again we're kinda at the will of, of uh of what he does. And it's okay. I'm kinda happy to get some time with my family and my kids. I'm coaching football. Yeah, I'm coaching my little boys football team right now, you know, so that's uh that's also a good thing. So I just get I'm j i am just got I'm I'm just away from the sport of mixed martial arts and the fighting capacity right now and and I'm happy about it
0: should come to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, Half the team's been
2: here. And I, I mean, you're up.
1: It's my turn, huh? You yeah. need
2: to come up here, man.
1: Let's set it up.
2: We will, we will. But I guess my question was, so if Jones is out of the picture, where's your motivation? I mean, is there anyone out there that you really want to fight? Is it just fights now? Or is there anybody out there that you really want to fight other than Jones? I mean, if he's out of the, the picture for a while and – and you're kind of already done everything else and beat everybody in the division. Is there anyone left that, that, that really motivates you or, or is he, he's your, your big guy?
1: He's been my motivation for a long time. Makes me work harder and makes me train longer. If I, if I said he wasn't, that'd be a bold faced lie, but right. I'd get excited for other guys. At the end of the day, I remember July 29th is the day that I lost a fight. So even if, I was really winding it down. You know, I wouldn't wind it down and end it in that way anyway. So, I would be fighting regardless. So, we'll see if I'm going to be fighting in a championship fight next. or if I'm just going to be fighting in a regular fight. But I'm going to fight. But we just got to see what the, what the terms are and what the circumstances are. But I'll get motivated for anybody, man. I love the competition. I love the fight. I love the lights. I love the crowd, whether it's cheering, booing. I love it. You know what's crazy about these fights, too? When I walk out, I get booed to shit. But the moment I start fighting, I start hearing DC chants. It's the most amazing thing in the world. I feel like they just kind of... People aren't sure if they're supposed to like me or dislike me. But when they watch me fight, I'm the small guy. I'm the guy that just presses forward. I'm the guy that's trying to break a person's will. And they see themselves in that fighting style. And they start to cheer for me. So, uh it's a weird thing, but I'ma fight Mike. I'm gonna be back in there. Uh, we just gotta find the terms under which we're fighting uh, next time.
2: And I know you're mentally really strong, and I have to I have to go on this, not to, to bring the conversation down, but how did how did this affect you with the the emotion that you showed after this last fight? And that mm-hmm. the kind of the backlash from all the the, the critics and even Snoop Dogg. And I know Snoop Dogg kind of critiqued you the first time and then he just came back even worse the second time. And I know you, you are a fan of Snoop Dogg. I, I've hung out with Snoop Dogg a couple times and been a fan of Snoop Dogg as well. How, how do you take that? Does it really bother you or do you just kind of just say, Hey, you know, it is what it is. I'm an emotional guy. And, and I look at that as inspiration anyway. I mean, I think everyone should have something they want bad enough to show that kind of emotion that you did.
1: If you don't, if you're not willing to cry for for something that you failed to achieve, then it really didn't matter all that much. Reality yeah. is I've cried. I cried when I lost in the Olympics. I cried when I lost to Jones both times. I cried when I lost every college match to Kel Sanderson. I commit myself so completely to these goals that if I don't accomplish them, it makes me sad. Yeah,
2: of course. And I get
1: emotional. It's just the truth. Uh, the Snoop Dogg thing, not that big a deal. I'm from Louisiana, you know, I'm from kind of the hood, so I know how people act. I know how people act hey. whenever, uh, it's my daughter, say hi.
2: Yeah, how say are hi, you?
1: Kiki. I know how people Hello. act whenever, yeah, it's just ribbon, you know, it's not that big a deal, it's harmless. She's like, she must need me, she went and put her leotard on, she's oh, trying nice. to do her gymnastics, she's a hell of a gymnast. Yeah? It's crazy. That's hell of a awesome, gymnast man. at five years old, she's ridiculous.
2: That's another thing people don't know about you, but you're so into the kids, not only your own kids, but teaching wrestling at AK. I mean, for years, you've been teaching wrestling at AK, teaching the kids class as the champion of, of the UFC. You know, when other champions are out living the high life and, and doing their thing, you're at the gym training the kids and training wrestling classes. And I go back and I see you doing this. And, and then my nephew's telling me you're out there coaching the, the, the ball team with them, you know, and, and it's crazy, man. Like you, you're, you're That's why I say you're such an ambassador to the sport and just in life in general. So... That's awesome, man. And it's awesome to, to, to see how close you are.
1: I just want to live as normal a life as I can, Swick. Yeah. I want to work. I want to fight. I want to be with my kids. And I want to be a dad, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. I just kind of want to be a dad. I'm doing what I, I feel every dad should do. Spend time with his kids. Help them in any way that he can. And just try to be the backbone. You know, you be the backbone for your family. You know, you know. That's the most important thing. All the accomplishments, all the money, all the other shit, that all means nothing. My greatest accomplishments are Daniel and Marquita. Right. And my wife Selena. That's it. That's awesome. Everything man. else is just lanya. It's a Louisiana word for just extra.
2: Or <laughs> I learned something new. <laughs> and and so moving on from that, um, what was your what was your take on the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight? I have to ask you. Obviously you're an analyst and it's boxing, but what what was your overall take on the fight in general?
1: I thought that Conor did good. You know, I thought everybody walked away looking good. You know, Floyd won, got to go to 50 and 0, greatest boxer of all time. Conor McGregor held his own enough to where he didn't just get washed out, you know, like so we were like this is ridiculous. You know, he did he did good, man. I mean, I found myself feeling proud of Conor because he was the guy that took a risk, he was the guy that represented our sport and did it in an admirable way. Um So it was good. you know. It was a good fight. As long as you can let go of of what your thoughts and expectations were for the fight, you could have enjoyed it for what it was. It was never going to be a closely contested competition. Mm -hmm. It was a spectacle. And uh, that's what we got. It was fantastic. Both of those guys did great. I'm a huge Floyd Mayweather fan, too. So uh, I thought it was as good as it could have went for both sides.
2: So, I know you got to be careful how you answer this, but what about the GSP-Bisping fight? GSP coming back after such a long layoff and fighting Michael Bisping. I know you're an analyst and everything, but but what are your thoughts overall on that matchup and that fight?
1: I think it's a good fight. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think people take Michael Bisping for granted. They think he's easier than he is until they get in there and they're like, holy shit, this guy can box. He's got phenomenal cardio. And when you take him down, he just gets up. You know, I, I love George St. Pierre. I think he's a, I think he's the greatest fighter of all time. Him and Demetrius Johnson, but I think, I, I George is very good striking. George is very good wrestling and grappling. But I think he may not exactly know what he's getting with Bisping. I think people underestimate Mike, and I think that's why Mike beats people. Is because they underestimate him and how great that he truly, truly is. Uh, George hasn't fought for four years, and he's going in there to fight a guy that's bigger than him, that's been active, and a guy that's having more success than he's ever had in his life. So this is a tough one. This is a tough one. But if anybody can do it, it's GSP. You know, this guy is the, the definition of a mixed martial artist. I can't really, like, make predictions on fights anymore right. because I have to do the color commentary on them. <laughs> yeah. But my idea for the fight is that it's closely contested, but you've got to know what you're getting into when you challenge Michael Bisping. It is a much tougher out than people give him credit for.
2: Do you have anything else, Mark? You got? I just
0: I wanted to personally thank you. Um, back in, um, God, 2010, uh, my mom had passed away. And everybody from AKA, even Koschek, who hates me, Signed a, a bunch of different things so we could have like a benefit. We ended up not using the stuff. We gave it to kids with leukemia and stuff like that. But I want to thank you and all of AK for helping my family out. It really did mean a lot. So I don't, I never got to personally thank you. So I guess now's the time. So thank you. I appreciate that. I
1: appreciate it, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Take care of my guy Swicky over there, please.
2: Uh, I take care of him, man. Oh, you don't
0: do shit. No, nah, you got
2: to come over here, man. You got to come over and see the gym and, uh, and see everybody and train and, and check it out, man. You got to get over here.
1: I will. I want too bad, man. I really do. And I will.
2: We'll call I'll in sick for two fifteen, <laughs> And then, uh, everybody check out talking talker, which is Daniel Cormier's podcast. I've been listening to it. It's amazing. And is there anything else you want to, you want to plug before we go?
1: No, nah, man. I just want to say thank you guys for having me. Uh, Obviously always thank you to my management team, Zinc and Entertainment. The American Kickboxing Academy, my sponsors, Monster Energy Drink, Metro, PCS. Listen oh, yeah. to the Talk and Talker podcast, man. Get so, on iTunes, TalkinTalker.com. It's talker be fun.
0: S- if we uh if we get I know we tell everybody this, but if we get fifty thousand likes, I've never been in a fight in my life. I mean at fifty thousand likes never some, even trained for a fight. Yeah, I life. don't yeah, it's not my thing. Fifty thousand um, subscribers. By the way. Yeah, if we get fifty thousand subscribers, I'll fight a Muay Thai fight. I'll go through the training camp and cool. do all that crap. So, I need you to uh, help me push that. We're at three hundred and forty.
1: I'll push it just to watch you get kicked. I'll will push it just to get watch you get leg kicked twenty times and just be hopping around that damn rig. Everybody's like doing that. that. That's what why everybody it,
2: wants to see now. They want to see him get his ass kicked. That's why does nobody it.
0: say, "Hey, man, I think you're going to win this fight"? Or I don't <laughs>
2: never train. I don't get any of that you shit.
1: Kicked in the leg, you're going to be like, "What the hell"? It sucks.
0: <laughs> well, that's why I'll train for a month. <laughs> they
1: help you, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate the boost of confidence there. That's that's outstanding.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy. You're getting ready for a UFC uh, job and everything. So I appreciate yeah. you coming on the podcast. Everybody check out Talkin' Talker podcast. Everything that Daniel mentioned before. Thanks for stopping by, buddy. And, man, it's great talking to you just as a teammate, not only as a, yeah. a host of a, of a podcast.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you right, a lot. Mike, we miss you over here, brother. Thank we really you, man. Do.
2: Miss you too, brother. All right, so that was Daniel Cormier, man. And I tell you, that was a podcast I was really looking forward to. I mean, as oh, a me teammate, too. a guy that I know very well. And even through this podcast and all these stories, you really don't know Daniel, man. Like as much as he's in the media, as much as he's on these shows, he's an analyst. He fights. He's done a million interviews it's really hard to know the real Daniel Cormier. You know, we've touched on it a little bit, but he's really a good guy. And I don't understand why people boo him. I think he's an ambassador. And well, I mean, fans have their right to, to boo or to cheer, but man, if they knew how good of a guy he was, you know, I think it'd be a different story, but yeah. What'd you think, man? That's the most you've talked to him probably for a while, huh? Yeah. He's
0: uh, he's obviously one of the nicest guys you could ever talk to. The fact that he's UFC champion, you know, it's, that just adds to how cool that is. But, yeah. but man, he's just really nice guy. It's all about his family, you know. I think he's a Saints fan, which is a problem. Go Cowboys. But <laughs> other than that, man, it's – uh, yeah, I could sit and talk to that guy for hours and hours and hours, you know. Yeah. He's definitely definitely fun to talk to, so.
2: Yeah. And, man, it's good that he gave us this time, too. And, uh, like I said, he was one of the, the guys I looked forward to the most to having on the podcast. It's great. We had it in our fifth week, you know. So the podcast is going really good. It's crazy. I want to thank everybody that's listening to the podcast, giving us feedback, comments, um, and, and, and supporting gifts. us. They've been sending us. And shit. sending us gifts, you know, like uh, the jerky. And, and now we're getting people saying they're going to send us a whole bunch of more stuff. So Yeah, we got some
0: weird stuff coming.
2: Yeah, it could be crazy. It could be crazy. We really appreciate that. Anything you want to send, if you want to see us try some crazy stuff, just send it to Thailand Com has the address at the bottom of the website. Uh, we want to also thank our sponsors, a.k.a. Thailand.com mm-hmm. and MikeSwick.com. Um, but we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Again, Mark, do you have anything else? Uh-huh. Thank your sponsors. Uh Don't have any. So so we need sponsors, too. Yeah. Some beef jerky company would be great. Plead for sponsors. Nah, I don't want to beg, but come on. Will you beg for money, corn nuts, jerky? God, I could
0: go for some corn nuts. You can't nuts. ask
2: for a sponsor? Well, I'll take a fucking sponsor.
0: I'll wear your shirt. I don't care if it's summer's eve i'll wear fucking anything else spot. <laughs> how could i be picky you know
2: <laughs> awesome man and uh yeah so that's it and uh thanks a lot everybody and i want to give a shout out to mark because he was sick today and he he was very close to not being able to do this podcast so can't say no to daniel cormier can't say no to, say to you all the time but never yeah did, yeah. yeah so i i appreciate it. and you didn't have to leave
0: i'm pretty impressed he yeah. was
2: worried he was gonna have to leave and uh and go take care of some business. Yeah, you would say shit. They know what poop is. Yeah. yeah. So, so he he uh he he was sick and he 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 was tough. I ain't gonna him. lie.
0: One's one's probably coming soon though. So let's wrap this up.
2: <laughs> Maybe I'll extend it then. No,
0: that's done. We're done talking.
2: Okay, since he's got a poop, we'll leave it on that. What three? All right, guys. Thanks a lot for watching and tuning in and we will see you next time. Oh well, we gotta cue that music, huh? Oh we gotta cue the music. Do we have Do it? Do we still have that? oh oh
0: which by the way i talked to danny the original creator of this he's uh sending us another one to try out so
2: yeah it's gonna have mark in it probably right probably well probably. it needs to i mean well, you, sex sells I mean, if you can if you can stand here even when you're sick man you're kind of earning your keep
0: i'm not gonna stand up and dance when it's on the outro okay because i don't want to shit my pants but <laughs> cue that so. music yeah thanks danny all right guys thanks a lot again so catchy
1: you're
0: gonna dance a little bit aren't you Not even a little? Right. Switch, at least you gotta give a couple switch, switch, of these we have to contain, do we- sweet, sweet, give me two vintage, tuning, switch, switch, oh yeah ah fuck see so ya yeah.